0: Hello everyone, I apologize for this morning if you was planning on watching us online. We had some technical difficulties and we were not able to live stream our worship service. Even though I can't recreate the music and the worship experience that we had this morning, it was awesome here at Bradley. I had several people just mention if I could put the sermon part online, that would be great. So that's what I'm doing. I'm sharing with you what I spoke about this morning. Over the past several weeks, I've heard so many people say they were depressed. They were sad and they was heartbroken over everything that's going on in the world. But it made no surprise to God. God wasn't surprised by us being heartbroken or us being saddened or discouraged. God knew from the very beginning of time that we would have times such as these. He even has a word in his scripture that describes it. The word is downcast. And we find this word in Psalms 43, 5. Why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? I love because here the psalmist is speaking to himself. He's evaluating his soul, his spirit. And he asks, why soul are you downcasts? Why so disturbed within me? What does this downcast mean? You know, if we look at sheep, which we refer to so many times in the Scripture, where God refers to us as His sheep. I heard so many pastors and so many people say, Well, sheep are really stupid. They are really dumb. But I find that very offensive in a sense. Because if God breathed life into us, and God is calling us His creation by saying that we're like sheep. God is not saying we're stupid or dumb. God is saying that we're dependent upon Him. So I like to look at it another way. Sheep are not dumb. Sheep are not, you know, stupid. They are dependent upon their Creator. They are dependent upon their Shepherd in a sense that the Shepherd will take care of them. The same way with us. We're not dumb or stupid. We're God's creation. And we should be dependent upon God to lead us and direct us and to watch over us. But if you look at this, the psalmist is talking about a sheep, and he's talking about how the sheep is created in a way that they fall over on their side and then onto their back. It's very difficult for them to get up. You know, they begin to cry and they begin to frail their legs in the air. But after a few hours on their back, you know, it can be very dangerous for the sheep because the air passages can begin to be cut off and the sheep will eventually suffocate. So this is referred to as the cast down position. Maybe you had things in your life where you feel like you just want to give up. You have those moments where you're discouraged and you're looking to God like a sheep being dependent upon our creator to do something in our life, to come to our aid. Well, there's hope. Because God knew from the beginning that we would have these moments. And that's what I want to share with you in today's sermon. How can we overcome it? How can we turn our discouragement into encouragement? How can we look at the disappointments in life and look to God and say, God, you're still God and we're still trusting you. Before we dig deeper into the scripture, let us pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. And Father, as we dig into your word, we ask that you speak to us. Speak to us in a way, Lord, because we have those moments of discouragement. We have those moments where, Lord, we don't know which way to turn. So Father, may we turn to you and ask for guidance and ask for direction. Bless us, Lord, with your presence. For it's your sweet and heavenly name that we pray. Amen. So I want to talk to you about three things. First, recognize what has a hold on you. You know, you really can't label it life has a hold on me and life stinks. You know, I don't believe that. You know, in the case of if you're a Christian, you're saying God is a liar if you say life stinks. You can't say that life stinks and you believe in God and you have confessed him as Lord and Savior. Because life does not stink when Jesus has come into your life. It tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So if you say life stinks, you're saying God is a liar because God does not make your life stink. Now, there's some elements of your lives, there's some portion of your life that can really sting. There's some things in your life that you can say, man, that stinks. But when you look at life as a whole, you cannot say it stinks if you're a child of God. Maybe you can say, well, someone stole my joy. Someone gave me worry. Someone planted doubt and they planted that doubt and then they fertilize it. Maybe you can say, someone whispered in my ear and said, rely on what you can see and never trust what you can't see. I thought about a boxing match, and the announcer starts with the introduction. In this corner, you have the heavyweight champion of your life, weighing heavily with disappointments, with discouragement. His name is sight. See, the things that we can see brings disappointments, bring discouragement. In other words, it's that part of the life where we can say we are downcast, but then we have another corner. This corner, you can say, the announcer can say, you have a lightweight champion of another world weighing in at a mustard seed. How you like that comparison? Weighing in as a mustard seed, you have the weight, the heavy weight of the other opponent, but now you have the lightweight, the champion of another world, weighing in at a mustard seed, and his name is the unseen. These two will have a battle in your life when disappointment happens, when discouragement takes hold, and life seems to fall apart. But let's look at the qualities of each opponent. Sight, opponent, opponent, opponent of sight. Sight is the ability to see what is in front of you. Sight is the ability to look at the situation and say, this is what I see. By seeing this, this is what I trust in. But look at the unseen. The unseen is the ability to look at the situation and see what is not there. Or put it another way, the unseen is the ability to look at the situation and see what is not there but who is there. In other words, that's the ability of the unseen, not necessarily with your eyes, but knowing who is there, and Christ is there to hold our hand. Christ is there to encourage us. See, sight will make you see what is happening, but the unseen will make you see what is going to happen. Sight sees the predicament, but the unseen sees the potential. Sight sees the present, But the unseen sees the promises of God. So I have a question for you. Who will win in your life? Will it be the sight or will it be the unseen? I love the story in 2 Kings. It's a story of a servant and a prophet. It's a story of where they looked and with their eyes they saw that they were defeated. With their eyes they saw that they may need to surrender we find it in Second Kings chapter 6, verse 15 and 17. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we de- do? the servant asked. What shall we do? the servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now they can't see more with them. In other words, with their eyes, they see that they are outnumbered. With their eyes, they they see that they will be defeated. With their eyes, they see that no victory is in sight. But then the prophet steps up and the prophet prays, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, the servant has sight, but Elijah had the unseen. The servant saw defeat, but Elijah saw victory. The second thing we need to do after we recognize what has a hold upon us is train for hope. Train for hope. Have you ever watched a boxer train? Sometimes he's fighting nowhere no one. Sometimes he's just boxing in the air. He's training. He's boxing the air. He's getting his form ready. He's getting his rhythm ready. See, while the boxer's in training, he may be fighting what he can't see. But he's training to grab hold of victory, to grab hold of hope. So let's go back to what God told the one who was downcasted. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. I love the online library which defines hope this way. The confident expectation of what God has promised and is strength is in His faithfulness. But hope has a deeper, deeper, deeper meaning. It has a deeper meaning in the understanding. In other words, it means to take refuge in Christ. We all know the Psalms, God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in trouble. In other words, hope, that confident expectation is saying that I believe in Christ and I will take refuge in Him. You know what? I love what Paul said about hope. He said, hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. But as Christians, so many times we start our training after we lost the hope. And that's okay. That's okay. But so many times we wait till we're in a position of despair. We wait till we're in a position where we do feel like we're downcast. We wait till we're in a position where there's so much disturbance in our life. And that's okay. Okay. But God is saying, as Christians, we need to train now for when those times come. Because if we train now, we will be in a better position when we train for the fight. So we need to train. That's why I stress so hard Sunday school. I stress so hard Bible studies. I stress so hard small groups. Because this is where you're training for the battle that will come into your life. For the battle of the disappointments. For the battle of the discouragements. When you feel like your soul is downcast. You're a downcast with your soul. So let's train. The third thing I want us to look at is praise Him. But you may say it's hard to praise God when you're a downcast. Because when you're a downcast, you really become spiritually dry. And spiritually dry means you're feeling distance from God. You're struggling to grow spiritually, but there's a distance there where you don't feel like God is there. You may even ask yourself, where are you? For I am so discouraged. Where are you? For in my soul, I feel downcast. Where are you, God? But there was a Psalm of David in Psalm 63. David was in the desert of Judah, and David said this, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. See, David was spiritually dry there. He was looking for God, but he was spiritually dry. And if we're honest with people, there's moments when we all become spiritual dry. There's moments in our life where we just really want to have the living waters of Christ enter. We want to have that flow of His water in our life so we can rejoice and we can praise. And it's hard to praise when you're spiritually dry. But what causes us to be spiritually dry? First, it could be sin. Sin is the most significant one. And until you deal with the sin in your life, you're going to remain spiritually dry to some degree. You're going to not be able to grow close to God and you will feel that separation. But there's some other reasons. There's some other reasons that allows us or makes us to become spiritually dry. It can be a result of pain. It can be physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain. It can be that you're just hurting. And when you're hurting, it's hard. It's very hard to focus on God. I thought about Elijah. Elijah just defeated the prophet of Baal, But yet he saw a victory. He saw a vit- victory. He witnessed a victory. But yet it tells us he ran a great distance because he feared Queen Jezebel would put him to death. Here was Elijah that was in the midst of a victory, but shortly after, he ran. He ran because he was spiritual dry, I believe. He no longer trusted in the promises of God at those moments for whatever reason. He doubted. He was discouraged. He became physical dry, maybe because he was exhausted, But God showed up and God showed him a way. Just as we can go back to Psalms 43, 5 and know that there's a way when we're discouraged, when we have those moments where we feel like we're part of a downcast in our lives, we can go back and read that Psalm. Let's read it again. Why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? But then it gives the answer what we need to do. Put your hope in God for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. I know it's hard to praise God when you feel like your soul is troubled. It's hard to, but God says that's some of the best times that we can have when we come and we worship and we praise because we start to acknowledge who He is. We start to acknowledge what He can do. We start to acknowledge even though situations may not turn out like we want them to, God is still God, and He's there with us in those situation. So the life application part of this is realize if you are downcasted, you're special to Christ. In other words, God says when you feel that way, you're very special. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6. But God who comforts the downcast. Now, so many of us would say, well, wait a minute now. Shouldn't that say, but God who comforts the obedient people, the obedient Christians? But God who comforts those that always follows Him, that always trust Him? But God who comforts those that kind of never feel those moments of spiritual dryness in their life? Wouldn't that be a better answer to who God will want to comfort. But God knows we're going to get there. And God says, when you feel downcast, you're special. Because if you call upon me, you're special. When you call upon me, I have something in store, a special blessing that is just for you and your special need at the time. Let's go back to the sheep that wasn't dumb, the sheep that wasn't stupid, but the sheep that was dependent upon the shepherd. So let me share with you the process that the shepherd goes through when one of his flock is downcast. First, he reassures it. In other words, he talks to the sheep. And that's what God does to us. When we feel down, when we feel discouraged, when we feel disappointed, Turn to his word and listen to what God says. He reassures us that he is there. And after Jesus reassures us, let's go back to the shepherd. After he reassures the sheep, he massages his legs to restore circulation. And God says he wants to restore us. He wants to restore us that living water will live in us. That living water will flow through us. He wants to restore us to a relationship with Him that is so awesome and so great. But this is when it gets so personal. Because now He gently turns the sheep over. He lifts it up and He holds it until it can stand on its own. That's what Jesus does for us. He lifts us up. He holds us, and He never, ever puts us down until we can stand on our own. He never puts us down until we have turned discouragement into encouragement. He never puts us down until we can stand firmly in our faith. I love this picture. It's a picture of a Savior that wants to hold our hand. That wants to lift us up. A Savior that wants to use the hand on approach when we're discouraged, when we feel like we're downcasted. We all know the 23rd Psalm The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, He leadeth me beside still waters. But now comes the best part. For everyone that feels discouraged, for everyone that feels hopelessness in their life, now is the best part of the sermon. He restoreth my soul. That's what God wants to do. This morning, are you downcasted? Do you feel like you're discouraged? Do you feel like it's hard to give him praise? Do you feel like, Lord, there's nothing I can do? I'm so far lost in my walk with you. Well, if you are a child of God, there's something you can do. Because God says he will restore your soul. Does your soul need restoring? Do you need help from the shepherd? He wants to restore you. Praise Him, renew your hope. And for those that may be listening that does not know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. I pray that you will take time and accept him as Lord and Savior. And it's very simple. All you have to do is admit you're a sinner. Lord, I am a sinner and I fall very short. Believe that Jesus Christ died for your sin and say, Lord, I believe you died. You died for my sins, and then this C is confess. Confess your sins to him and say, Lord, Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe you died for my sins, and now I confess those sins to you, and I ask that you wash me and make me clean. I will not be perfect, but I will be clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you said that prayer, you're a part of the family of God now, and we thank you and we rejoice with you. I hope this podcast, or however you want to call it, has been helpful in these times. It is very easy to get discouraged in the times that we're living, but God wants to come in and step in into your life and give you encouragement. Hope to see you Sunday. Hope everything is back working up so we can still live stream. We'll see you Sunday, and God bless you.